0: And open your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Well, last week I started uh, a sermon, the last sermon in this series on peace, but I didn't have enough time to finish it. Do you know how to keep someone in suspense? (laughs) One of my least favorite occurrences... Is when I'm watching a great episode of NCIS and it's just moving along and they are just chasing the bad guys and all of a sudden it goes, to be continued. <laughs> don't, no, don't do that. Don't do that to me. I can't take that. Now I'm not talking about my sermon when I talk about the suspense of not having all the information. I'm talking about hearing everything that God wants us to know so that we can make good choices in our life. One of the keys to living in peace is to know how to perceive God's voice so that we can make choices and walk forward in peace. Some of those decisions are little decisions, some of those are big decisions. Living in peace requires the ability to recognize God's voice as we make decisions about our future and about our life. We We should not be anxious about the future, but we regularly need to make decisions that impact us, either in a small way or in a larger way, in a short-term way or a long-term way. And those decisions and the need to make those decisions sometimes threaten to disrupt our peace if we don't know how to discern God's leading. Now, we got through the first couple of points last week, but I just want to highlight them. I'm not going to read the Scripture all the way from 1 Corinthians 2 9 through 16. But in those verses, we learned this important truth God's voice is known through His Spirit. And while that sounds very simple, we need to understand we can only recognize God's voice if we have the Holy Spirit within us. Our natural existence is human, God's existence is divine. We cannot recognize his voice or understand his word until we possess his spirit. And Paul tells us how that happens in Ephesians one 12 through 12-13. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. This has multiple applications, but the one we want to just simply understand today is this. When you trust in Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit becomes part of you. He comes into you. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you? God comes into us in the person of the Holy Spirit when we believe in Christ as our Savior when we recognize the, 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 the truth that goes with this Lord's Supper, that we're sinners, that we're under the judgment of God, and that God is going to punish us if somebody else doesn't pay that penalty. Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, and all that God asks from us, the reason the good news, the gospel is good news, is this. All God wants you to do is to believe in that person of Christ. Now, once we believe in Christ, we have responsibilities as Christians, and the first and foremost one of those is this. We have got to live in righteousness. If we don't live in righteousness, we cannot recognize God's voice. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. I, brethren, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but I had to speak to you as to carnal or fleshly or natural. In the previous chapter, he's drawn a, 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 a contrast between unsaved people, who he calls natural, just the way they came from their mom and dad, and the spiritual person, the one who's been born again. And he says, once you, you become a Christian, you are spiritual, and I should be able to talk to you as to a spiritual person, somebody who has the Spirit of God and can understand spiritual things, but I couldn't talk to you that way. Why? Verse 2, I fed you with the simple things of God's Word, the milk, not with solid food. Why? Because you're not able to receive it. And now you're still not able Because you are carnal, or fleshly, or natural, for where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like, let me paraphrase it, like unsaved people? It is possible for a Christian who has the Spirit of God to walk in sin at a point in time or for a period of time, and I'm not suggesting that you can live any way you want and show up in heaven and claim to know the Lord. I understand the truth of 1 John which says that if you are in the light as you claim to be, you walk in the light. No Christian walks in sin all of their life. At some point, they feel the conviction of God so heavy that they get right with the Lord. But while we are struggling with sin, we are not able to fully function as spiritual people. We actually are functioning like unsaved people, and one of the results is We can't hear God's voice. Now, the real harm that comes from that is very, very simple. When we don't hear God's voice, we don't make God's choices. And when we don't make God's choices, we don't get God's results. Uh, I'm a little bit hard of hearing. I have a hearing loss, not like old people, but like people who've had a hearing injury, which means certain middle frequencies are reduced in my hearing And it seems to be right in my wife's voice range. (laughs) And if I am facing this way, and she is the other way in the house, very often I'm saying, what? (laughs) Raise your hand if that annoys you, dear. (laughs) Tell the truth. You're in the house of the Lord. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) What? I can't hear. Honestly, I I hear noise. Okay, and I'm not... not, No aspersions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're all going to go home, all you men, and say, I've got hearing loss right here. (laughs) Right in the range of your voice, dear. Honestly, I hate to have to say what, but I have to because I don't... The only thing worse than then doing the wrong thing would be pretending like I don't hear anything at all. But I can't tell what she's saying. There is, there is a cloud in my hearing. Okay, That's what happens when you live in sin. Oh, God's talking. But you often don't hear it. It's not hard for me, in fact, to look in people's lives often In fact, the way I say it to the elders is this. God's knocking on those folks' door. And you know what they hear? La, 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 They don't hear nothing. Because their ears are plugged with the wax of sin. One of the reasons, one of the reasons you ought to walk with the Lord is so you can hear the Lord's voice. I mean, if... If, uh, if I was walking along here with my eyes closed and you saw me, there have been a few times when I got up close to the platform, in fact, when everybody kind of went, oh, you know, oh, don't walk off the edge, Pastor Dave, you know. But what if I couldn't hear that? And I just walked straight off the edge. And then I got up and said, why didn't you tell me I was going to walk off the edge? And you say, we were telling you, but you didn't Listen. You, you know the old story about the guy who was in a, uh, in a really bad rainstorm and it was starting to flood? And uh, the local authorities came by and went, you need to get out of here. Nah, I'm going to be fine. And the, and the rains came up. And so he got up on the roof of his house. He got up on the roof of his house. And the fire department came by in a big truck and they go, man, come on, get on here with us. No, I think I'm going to be okay. And the rains came up and the Coast Guard came by. And with a helicopter, hey, we're going to drop down a guy on a rope and bring you up. No, I'm going to be fine. And the water came right up to the guy's neck. And he looks up to heaven and he says, Lord, how come you're not helping me out here? He says, well, I sent the fire department and the Coast Guard and the local authorities. The Lord does that. The Lord actually does talk and warn us. No, not with an audible voice. Sometimes it comes through a friend. Sometimes it comes through the word. Sometimes it comes by coming to church. But if we've got the wax of sin in our ears, we cannot hear. We've got to be living in righteousness. You cannot allow sin to remain in you and walk with the Lord at the same time. You can be a Christian in sin, But you cannot be walking with the Lord and hearing the Lord. Number two, God's voice is heard clearly through his word. In fact, I would say this. um, God's word is heard most clearly through his word. God has so many specific instructions that we rarely need to seek a special direction. As we walk through life, if we would just take all of the directions of the Bible and keep them with us, keep them with us, keep them with us, we would have so much uh, instruction that we would rarely feel the need to ask for special help beyond that. Um, God has told us so many things as I thought about it this week I thought about a family in our church in Tuckwilla that had a little saying they used quite a bit with their kids and I don't know about your kids uh, my kids always did everything I said the first time exactly the same way that I put it out to them but I have heard of some kids who occasionally would say why or why now or I don't want to do it and they keep asking and asking and asking. This family in Tukwila, they had a little saying, and, and I, I heard it a number of times. I can picture this certain young teenage girl, and the mom says, Asked and answered. I thought, Well, there it is. You already asked that sometime before, and she already gave you the answer. That's it. Asked and answered. It's here search for it. Now, does it take some effort? Sure. Might you need to talk to somebody more uh, spiritual than you to help help you find the answer? Sure. That's great. But it's here. It's in here. Our problem often with this is not uh, ability, but effort. It's not that we can't understand the Bible. It's that we don't really want to give the effort to understand the Bible. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need somebody else to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You've come to need the simple things of God's word, the milk, and not the difficult things, the solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. It's challenging to learn all of God's truth. It's challenging to learn how to apply it. But as we learn God's truth, we are able to think like him And the result is peace. Uh, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. This is not just thinking some nice thoughts about God, but it's thinking God's thoughts. The third thing that we looked at last week is this. God's voice is discerned through wisdom. And this is my model for understanding wisdom. And I've got some, some good examples, perhaps, to give you this week of it. God's truth plus righteous living plus spiritual observation, times time equals wisdom. The difference between God's word and wisdom in this model of it, and I believe as it's used in, in the wisdom books, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job, is wisdom often includes the application of God's truth. The, the books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are not thus saith the Lord absolute principles or, or exact truths to live by, but they are spiritual observations based on God's truth. You know, for instance, the, uh, the principle bring up a child in the way that he should go and when he was old he will not depart from it. Is that an absolute promise and where God says, if you do certain things, your children will never uh, vary from that? I don't believe it is. I believe it's a wisdom principle based on the scripture. And the basic principle is true and the basic application is true. There is wisdom in it. And the wisdom, of course, is trying to teach young parents the responsibility of doing their work when the child is young. It's not so much a promise about old age as it is an instruction about young age. The difference between God's word and wisdom is wisdom includes very specific examples of God's truth and what God's truth can look like. As such, we understand that wisdom doesn't come from position alone. The fact that I am a pastor does not mean that I have all the wisdom or that everything that I say is wise just because I have a position as a pastor. But what God encourages uh, people in churches to do in regard to their spiritual leaders, he says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word to you, whose faith follow, not because of their position. But considering the outcome of their conduct, um, Ryan made reference to asking for prayer, for holy living, so that he can be an example to men who are younger than him. That's exactly right. If he's not an example of holiness, he's not worthy to be followed. He hopefully has some wisdom that those guys who are a few years younger don't have. And that's because of the word of God, obeyed with spiritual observation over time he's just had some time to apply it I've had more time to apply it than some of you by virtue of age by virtue of the the investment that I've made God does not ask you to follow the elders of the church because of their position but because of their possession he says look at the results of their wisdom now children have to obey parents I I believe that. I teach that. You can certainly ask my own child about that today. But I believe that. But as parents get older, it shifts to a wisdom relationship. And parents need to be growing, 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 growing so that when, when the parent is 50 and the child is 25, there's wisdom available to share with the child based on God's truth lived Over time, with spiritual observation to say, here's the way the world seems to work, child. Wisdom does not come from age alone. Wisdom does not come from knowledge alone. Wisdom comes from knowledge that's been applied. Last week, we looked at the son of King Solomon. His name was Rehoboam, and he had to figure out how he was going to behave. And he had two groups of advisors. He had the older, wiser men who had served his father and he had a bunch of young men that he'd grown up with. And you know what? He found somebody to say what he wanted to hear. And he ruined Israel single-handedly because he listened to the wrong wisdom. It just really hit me this week because I, I've been thinking about the influence that we have as believers uh, and to realize you, know, you can ruin something by yourself just as you could build something up by yourself. In other words, you could be the primary person for it. He tore something down. The people whose counsel you should be seeking are those who have developed true wisdom based on God's word. Now, the first point that we didn't get to last week is this one here. God speaks in response to our prayer. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. a Precious passage here, and, and uh, I'm not sure... If I put this as an application to memorize this, yes, I did. And I would heartily encourage you to memorize Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Actually, verses 8 and 9 are awesome, too. The rest of the chapter is no good, but those four <laughs> verses are excellent. <laughs> Why do we do that, right? I, I tell you something about, about meditation and memorizing, and I've learned it in the last few years as I've tried to practice it more. I like to take a whole chapter, and as I work through that chapter, you know what starts to happen? I start to see kind of the big structure of how God has laid it out, and I've realized, wow, this is, these verses are not isolated. They really are part of the whole. I would encourage you to work on the whole chapter here, but but especially these verses in in regard to peace. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about things. That's literally what he's saying, but... In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Uh, We spent a good amount of time on this passage in one of the earlier sermons on peace. I just want to touch on one principle. You cannot have the peace of God without praying for all your concerns. You cannot. You cannot. That's why Jesus said this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be opened. Now, you and I both know that Jesus said we're supposed to pray in his name, which means we're supposed to ask for the things he would ask for. This is not carte blanche like you will hear from... Some of the folks on TV or on the radio who would say, you need to name it and claim it. You know, you, you verbalize it and you can make it happen. If you can dream it, you can do it. That is baloney. It's not God's truth. But, but, Jesus said to ask for the things that concern you. If you would just apply one little principle here, you would, this definition will come alive for you. Just think of all the spiritual concerns you have in your life. I mean, the genuinely spiritual concerns. And then, okay, I I have all of these spiritual concerns. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. God has made a requirement of prayer. If you want to know why you're supposed to pray, if you want to know why prayer works, it's very simple. What's the answer class? Because God said to do it. When I teach our baptism class and for those of you who haven't been here before, our baptistry is right back there, place where us baptists get our name from. The first and foremost thing I say about baptism is this class, why do we get baptized? Cuz God said to. Do I understand everything about that? No. I understand a few things that he told me, but I understand Jesus said to do it, and so we do it. Jesus said, pray about the things that concern you. Honestly, many times when I sit and talk with people about their difficulties, and I say, have you been praying substantially about this? Many times they say no. Now, I'm not being critical here. I'm just saying here's a resource we're not taking advantage of. I mean, if, if you needed money, and I said, you know, I know out back in some of that dirt that Don dug up, there's a pot of money. Would you go, huh, that's nice. You can have the money if you go dig it up. Really? Really? Could you dig it up for me, Pastor Dave? Because I'm pretty sure, Pastor Dave, that your ability to dig is better than my ability to dig. (laughs) Now, that's really funny these days, but, you know, a few years ago, that might have been true. But you know what? My ability to pray is, if it's better than yours, it's only because of practice, and it's only because of the knowledge of God's word. It's not because God listens to me more than you. Jesus said, do you have a concern? Pray about it. During my last, uh, my last class here a couple months ago when I was in Pennsylvania, um, you know, I'm in a, a program called the Doctor of Ministry. It's a professional degree. And, and then there are some other guys in a Doctor of Philosophy program, which means they're the real academic types that are really drilling down deep on, on stuff in God's Word and the languages and so on. These are the guys who I don't want anything to do <laughs> with their program. <laughs> they got to do so much work, and their classes are twice as long as ours. And So one of these young guys taking this program, he's telling me about his life and how he, he's kind of on the beginning of ministry, and he thinks the Lord's leading him in a certain way. And, and he says he, he's a, sort of a part-time staff member in a church. He said, but my pastor won't help me get on this path that I think will lead me. T- he wants to be a Bible translator, and I think he might have what it takes. And he says, My pastor just doesn't want to seem to help me on some of these steps and so on. <laughs> I didn't even remember saying this to him, but he wrote me an email this week. And he said, or a couple of weeks ago, I'm so delighted to write this to you, this email. As you know, God answers prayers. When we were on the campus at Baptist Bible Seminary, we were talking about some things that could hinder me from working for a particular ministry. One thing you said I could do was to pray. And I did. And the Lord answered my prayer. This guy's a PhD student. And I taught him something. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Lord, I took that one from you right there. Could it be that simple? God wants us to pray. The Lord answered that prayer. Now my pastor is helping me to find ways to make my deputation time successful. Great. Are you praying? Here's the big application: Are you praying about the things that concern you? And are you, And I would just go one step further and say: Are you praying substantially? Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean: making yourself a prayer list so that you really remember all the things. If you come to me and say, Pastor Dave, will you pray about this? When I say yes, I turn away and I go get a yellow sticky note and write it down because I will not remember what you said unless I write it down and stick it on the prayer list. And I have the prayer list. And you need to have one too in which you are praying about all your concerns. God speaks. In response to our prayer, he wants us to pray, and so if you want his voice, you get praying. When we pursue God's ways from his word and we genuinely give our concerns to him in prayer, he confirms our choices. Look at this promise here, verse 7. What's the result of that kind of prayer, verse 7? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus you pray and you give your concerns and you perceive the answer from God and in your soul it's like this. It's the peace that passes understanding. It does not seem humanly possible, but it is. The last point that I want to make here today is this. God's voice is heard through patient lis- listening. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces Patience, our favorite thing. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I know this has to do with trials and difficulties and challenges. I, I bring this scripture up to say a very simple truth. God works through patience. God works in a time frame that is not the same as our time frame. And, and as such... there's something very important for you to understand. There is no such thing as a formula which we can use as a technique to discern God's perfect will quickly and easily. Ryan talked about talking to the Lord, saying, okay, God, this this assignment's coming to the end. Where's the next assignment? Catherine Russell has been talking to me about the same thing. No, this assignment's going to come to an end. Now what comes next... I think Catherine and Ryan share a similarity to many of us. They like to know ahead of time exactly what's coming. And you know, a lot of times God seems to wait till the 12th hour, maybe the 12th and a half hour. Why does He do that? He does that because what He's after is our righteousness, not our comfort. He's after our righteousness not just our activity. We look at the Christian life, I mean, frankly, you know, Ryan, he wants to do whatever the Lord wants, and that's, that's a commendable thing. So we could just summarize that, saying he wants to serve the Lord. So why wouldn't God give him that answer way ahead of time and tell him exactly what's coming? Because God wants to work something else in Ryan while he's waiting. Was there some prayer? yeah. Maybe God wanted him to learn to pray more. Maybe God wants you and I to learn to pray more. There is no such thing as a formula. We say, oh, if I do this and this and this, boom, boom, boom. No, that's not. This is God's plan, and we follow that plan, and we keep following that plan until God opens the doors or closes the doors or turns us to the left or to the right. God's answers to our prayers come in his time. Abraham How long did he wait? Decades. Joseph, he had to wait decades for God's final answer. David, David was chased around the desert for 20 years by Saul after he was anointed as king. You know, he was the the anointed king of Israel the whole time. It was a matter of God working a number of things out so that when David was put on the throne, the whole country went, yeah, you are the man, David. That couldn't have happened easily or quickly. It couldn't have happened if David took things into his own hand and killed Saul himself, which he could have done. There are times when we think God is silent because he isn't saying what we want to hear. The reality in those times is that God is saying, be patient, I'm working on it. Now, be careful to understand, I don't think God is limited. You know, I don't think anybody stays his hand. But God is working in multiple lives and in multiple circumstances, orchestrating what is best for you and I. Just think of your own responses to God. Have you always said yes, absolutely to God the first time he's called? When when you heard the gospel the first time, did you go, yes, Lord, boom, and then did you just start living righteously, perfectly from that moment? No, you wrestled with God and you tussled with him and he pulled on that rope and pulled on the rope. Well, just imagine he's doing that all over the world and you're connected to all of that work. If you want to blame somebody for slowness, don't blame God. Blame the rest of the people on the planet. God is always listening, and he's always answering. Sometimes we just have to be patient for the answer. There was an article in in a local paper this week. I don't want to mention the specifics because I... I don't know this person, or I have no desire to insult them. But they said something that I think is really common and wrong. A um, person talked about believing in divine guidance. Sometimes I rebel, and I have to learn the hard way what God expects more of me, God, God expects more of me than I do of myself. For the past couple of months, I've had a feeling I should do a certain thing, visit a certain person. Last week, I got this feeling again. It took me a day or two to respond, um, but I need to be more aware. And then here's the moral to this story. There's no need to be religious or belong to a church community to feel and act on these promptings from God. So what you're telling me is God is speaking to everybody all the time. I don't have to be religious. I don't have to have a relationship with him. He's going to speak to me and I will hear these things and I will know what to do. That is dead wrong. I know it, it, it sounds really spiritual to talk about hearing the promptings of God, but God's voice can be clearly heard and known, but only by those who hear because they possess his spirit, only by those who are seeking his voice in his word, only by those who are developing godly wisdom by a life based on obedience of God's word, only by those who seek to commit all their concerns to God in prayer, and only by those who are willing to patiently listening. Are you living in peace today? It's possible. It's possible. It does take some effort, but God wants you to hear his voice, and he wants you to know his peace. Heavenly Father, I thank you for speaking so that we can hear, especially in your word. And I pray that you will help us to listen, and I pray that you will help us to pray when we have concerns and take, those, take our concerns to you and hear your voice. Help us to discern the truth and to know how to act. I pray in Christ's name, amen.